0: Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited time welcome bonus today.
1: Number two, Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Hope you're enjoying your day off. Is that virtually everybody? I think so. I mean, I, listen, it's always fun to come in here and work, especially after what we had uh, in the way of a busy and successful weekend for Florida State Athletics. Uh, just in terms of uh, in, enjoying the weekend wa- that was with the weather and, and going over to Hauser and then watching this baseball team, watching our softball team down at St. Pete Clearwater kick ass. Uh, w- watching what I thought was, and I documented this last hour, talked about it a little bit, what what I thought was a game effort on Saturday against Duke. I thought they showed up. I thought, you know, look, they were unarmed in a lot of ways. Uh, but they played hard, obviously, without uh, Malik Osborne, Anthony Polite, Naheem McLeod, no Caleb Mills. Uh without Raekwon Evans and um you know, he had two quick fouls in this game for John Butler. You're like, Oh well this is what if? I started to think at one point uh this was gonna be a fifty point ass kick and when Butler had to be pulled because of the two fouls, like a buck twenty into the game, I'm like, well, here we go. That's lovely. We
0: kept scoring, though. We, we kept did making keep baskets. Scoring.
1: We did keep scoring, and it was great to see. It was uh, the emergence of uh, Jalen Worley, and uh, that was exciting. Of course, Matthew Cleveland had a good game. Cameron Fletcher had a good game. We talked about this. Um, Knowles fought to keep it close, and they were good offensively. They just didn't have anything for Duke. Um, you get 70 points from a depleted roster for Florida State um, against the squad of NBA players for Duke right now. Um I think that's good news. That's really good news. And uh, in particular, you and I wanted to highlight Jalen Worley's 15 points, career high, obviously 6 of 10, 2 of 3 uh, from beyond the arc, 1 of 2 from the free throw line. Also had 7 boards and 6 assists, so yes. he had himself a game.
0: A lot of excellent passes, mm-hmm. shows the vision, the basketball IQ, uh, full steam ahead, pull-up jumpers, everything. Everything about the way that that he operated shows that he can be the player that, that were recruiting services yeah. said he was. and And clearly our staff thought he was going to be as well. That could be. This could be a huge moment for him, say, 10 months from now, when we're looking at next year's team we're saying, man, remember when Worley figured it out at Cameron Indoor? That was a big day.
1: Yeah, and Hamilton over the years has been very quick to point out that it's it's different for every freshman. You just don't know. No matter how talented, no matter how well thought of, some guys come in, acclimate quickly, show that they have the emotional and physical maturity to handle it. Others are just not even close to ready. Uh, on you know either one or the other, sometimes both, I mean, you think about when you were a freshman, the first time you were ever away from home, and everything falls on you now, throw into the mix that you 're practicing against guys that are bigger, stronger, faster, playing against bigger, stronger, faster, and you have the pressure of being a well thought of recruit you know so you 're expected to come in and inject life immediately, and it doesn 't happen for you right away, maybe you don 't understand the defensive principles, maybe you 're struggling um, it doesn 't free you up to just play your game you know I, I watch this a lot. You know, given that <laughs> my kids aren't going to be, you know, the kind of recruits that uh, that that, that Jalen Worley is, I don't think. Um, but but when you when you get kids and you enter them into a sport for the first time and they play with other kids that have been playing it, it's funny to watch their head spin. It's funny to see that look on their face, like, "Whoa, this is different!" Because they're not they're not freed up to play the game; they're thinking the game. And I think Jalen Worley looked like a kid who was thinking about the game an awful lot for much of this season. And when your season is a wash like this one is. All you're hoping for are signs that the light bulb goes off before the season ends, that there's just a measure of growth. And in a weird way, all of the injuries and the absences, whether they be for the season, in the case like Anthony Polite's not coming back, right? You know that. And I don't know, maybe we'll see Caleb Mills back. Maybe we won't. But, you know, we got some guys that are out and some permanently. And and then Raquan Evans misses a lot of time and all of that. And so you're kind of like, this might have freed him to just, there's no pressure. I mean, we're not going to win this game. You, you get it. Play ball, baby. Play ball. You have the green light. Go make plays.
0: And then in retrospect, when you look back on the circumstance by which you did that, it's Coach K's second-to-last home game. It's a really talented opponent, and you were able to do it on one of the most historic courts in the game. Yeah. So just for your own sake, when you get Confidence. to the off season, you can reflect on that and go, whoa, wait a minute. Confidence changes,
1: confidence changes everything about how people play, whatever sport it is that they're in. Uh, just a simple belief in one's ability uh, to accomplish and to execute. And I think maybe you're right. Maybe we see that more and more from Jalen Worley. Only a couple games left really to play here. They're... Uh, Oh, I was just going to say, sorry, it was just for the next point,
0: Uh, but I thought that Duke approached the game clearly pissed off about how we owned the paint last time. Mm. You could see that. There was an emphasis on that. Mm -hmm. A lot of action around the basket, and I know our defenses are down compared to that particular night, but that doesn't change their motivation. You could tell that it was Coach K was challenging everything about what they were because of what we did on the offensive glass the first time around, in general, around the basket. They were a hell of a lot tougher and ready to go. They were ready to finish through harm or whatever. Yeah, and unfortunately, when you have what we were bringing with us on the plane from Tallahassee (laughs) up there against a motivated team like Duke, I'm I'm glad that we you know. We paced them. We went with them for about 15, 16 Just got minutes worn down. there.
1: Just got worn down. Yeah. And uh, didn't, didn't have anything really left in that second half of the second half. Didn't, didn't didn't really have anything. Elsewhere in the ACC, we are getting down to the nitty-gritty in college basketball, so it's worth noting there were six other ACC games played over the weekend. Uh, the best one was that Wake Notre Dame game. I don't know how much of that you saw. 79-74. They snapped the Irish's five-game win streak. North Carolina picked up their first quad one win of the season. Can you believe that? First one. over Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. That ended the Hokies' six-game winning streak. Virginia won on the road against Miami, 74-71. You know, it's crazy. Now, you think about this. Miami, Tom, is 11-1 against the rest of the ACC, but 0-4 against Florida State University and Virginia. Can't beat Florida State, can't beat Virginia. Well, haven't beaten Florida State, haven't beaten Virginia, but 11-1 and against everybody else. That's how good they've been.
0: They just don't want to see us in Brooklyn. Well, That's where we're going to get the platinum bohica.
1: They do want to see us in Brooklyn. Come on, what if this
0: group of backups and role players and young I kids delivered our... the bohica?
1: Well, delivering the bohica with this group would truly be special. You would never see that as a possibility. That would be um, – I, I don't want to say that. I'll get myself in trouble. The Brooklyn bohica. <laughs> That'd be a Bohika to remember. I mean, as if they are uh all all not memorable. this would be the most memorable way in the history of Platinum Bohicas to deliver.
0: Jalen Warley, twenty four eleven and seven.
1: <laughs> Here it comes. You guys got Bohika by Jalen Worley. My goodness. So uh Syracuse beat B C seventy six fifty six. Um yeah, we play B C soon enough. Um I just I, I'm looking at these ACC standings, trying to decipher who's good, whether that be Ken Palm or the Net or whatever it might be. Uh, Duke sits atop the ACC currently by one game over Notre Dame, who's 12 and four. Miami's 11 and five, two games back. North Carolina now 11 and five in the ACC. Uh, pretty good at home, uh, decent on the road. That team went from being sort of a bubbly type team to I think one that might get in. Um, I will note it probably. You think it stops there? The Net has the ACC looking like this. Top to bottom, these are the net rankings. 12 for Duke, 57 for second place. Notre Dame is only a game out of first. 57th. Third place, Miami is 65th in the net. North Carolina is 42nd. Wake's 40th. But then Virginia, who, as I've told you, has been really good in the second half of the season after starting so terribly, Uh, but they're 81st in the net. 81st. It's nuts. If you're wondering where we are, we're 98th in the net.
0: Hey, all right. That game with Duke brought us back to the double
1: digits. Good to see. Um, So we're better than Bradley now? i got to go back and look and see if we're better than Bradley. I don't know if Bradley picked up a big win over the weekend, Tom. They may have, I don't know. On the diamond, to recap, Florida State was really good. Uh, Everything I wanted to see in terms of competitive at-bats, so offensively, a lot of competitive at-bats, a lot of smart at-bats, a lot of bat-to-ball contact. That's all good. After last year, this is what we wanted to see. Are we going to put the ball in play more often? Uh, hard, you know, if you look at contact rate, you look at hard hit. It, there was a lot of that. How about how far they've come? Uh, I didn't go to Hauser for all three games, but you you can you can watch all these games, of course, now on the ACC network, or you watch the ESPN Plus or ESPN three. And you know, Tom, I must tell you. In terms of the graphics and the information, it's trickled down from MLB all the way down to college baseball now. Exit velocity is a thing that they have there now. Some of the more, um, you know, non-traditional statistics that have been used by most of us for a long time that broadcasts were slow to embrace. Um, they're now used beyond just traditional batting average, home runs, RBIs. You see a lot more important things. Uh, it's not the end of the world. The, the camera angles aren't bad. The replay's not bad. It it's not a terrible product.
0: Okay, can I say something too that you're probably gonna wince at? The padding helps. I like it. The garden padding, padding, it makes the, the ballpark look, look so nicer. much better. It does. It does. With just the white logos of the sponsors. It's out cosmetic.
1: There. It's cosmetic. But it it doesn't good. help the fact that the place is a dump. But if you're right, it does. lipstick on a pig worked this time. It's much better than the green. I can't believe we've been Wait, green for that long. I can't either. When I walked in and saw it, I went, "Oh, that is strikingly better." I, I'm not going to mention that, but it is. <laughs> I, I too was moved by that. I was like, "Okay, I see what you're doing good, here." Good job, there. Good job. Now go sop up the puddles. But there you go. Good job. <laughs> I may have not just like that, would have been a pretty terrible walk in. That's very impressive. And then to see somebody tasked with keeping the place clean. Hey, can you go sop up the puddles? Good looking out on the padding. Just <laughs> I just like saying the phrase, yeah. sop up
0: the puddles. Unless they want to be Sisyphus with the puddles. Mm. You're never done. It never is. You ends. just keep coming back. Keep coming Somehow, back. some yeah, way. Yeah. Life finds a way. Yeah. So do the puddles and <laughs> <at> Hauser. <laughs>
1: Uh, but no we we can, we can really pitch, and we were told all off season, man, wait do you see the arms Florida State has they got a ton of them it's crazy. it's not just the front line starters, although I will contend and we'll see much better teams than jmU this year, but I will contend that that is electrifying stuff, and I know that uh even even you know the Sunday starter uh has good stuff too. We're supposed to see Carson Montgomery on Tuesday, but we'll see. He's got a bad heel. But Ross Dunn, who who pitched yesterday, a lot of people told me before the season, Ross Dunn's stuff uh, may not be Hubbard's stuff, but it's close, that he's really uh, a little bit more in control. He, he looked completely out of sorts. He looked like a guy that was feeling the weight of uh, or the magnitude of being a, a weekend starter at Hauser in front of a lot of fans with expectations on the heels of those two starts, Messick and Hubbard. It's got to—it's got to feel overwhelming to try to keep up with something that resembles what they did on Friday and Saturday. But my larger point is, they have a lot of options. They've got a lot of options, and you know what Sunday allowed for, because we used uh, seven different pitchers, I believe it was, in that game. Is it allowed you to get a look at all those guys, and you already—you already knew about several of them because they've been here and they've been doing it. But there were a few others that you hadn't really seen, and I just. It's an abundance of riches. The, all of the conversation about the amount of arms that Florida State has to throw at a problem, I think that's going to be accurate. And if you go back to the interview I did with Mead, he seemed willing to, you know, to admit to that, to wanting to get better in other areas. He didn't seem too worried about pitching. you know. And he's a guy that worries about everything.
0: Well, it was also good to see he teased it on Friday's interview, Thursday's interview technically, about going to Scalaro for a high leverage situation yep. and to be used in the 7th inning over the weekend mm-hmm. get a big out as the lineup is turning over okay you could see the shifting too like it, it we are now yeah we are He's now not going to get hands cheated all over we're not going to get cheated out of a game because we didn't try to do something instead mm-hmm. of letting things happen to us that's good you want to take that active approach because that permeates everything you do whether it's a 20 pitch or it's give it everything you got for you know give me 60 pitches tonight everything that you have for 60, because we'll go get somebody else in the bullpen. Yeah, we can. We'll go get somebody Attack. Be the attacker. Hey,
1: hey, so just so you know, uh, there was one stretch of baseball, really happening both Saturday and Sunday, but yesterday it was brought up, and uh, I I wasn't at Houser yesterday. I watched it from the house. I have to tell you, there is a stretch of four out of five hitters that swing on the first pitch fastball. So this This misnomer about working uh you know at bats to 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 the detriment of the offense, where you know we prized walks more than we did hard hit baseballs it was never uh meet's intention it was never his thing like yes, we wanted to be patient, yes, we wanted to work the count, yes, but if he had guys that were good bat good contact guys, good bat to ball guys, he wants you to hunt the fastball, hunt the fastball in your area, if you get it, you better swing. You better swing. I'm not if you take that, I'll pull you. I'll get somebody else who will swing because you know, again, we all know that that game is all centered around making contact with fastballs. I mean, you don't want to you you don't want to be dealing with nasty sliders and well, curveballs and changeups.
0: It's aggressive in your count and aggressive in your zone. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got a different one. Right. But if it's in your zone, and it's a fastball, go. hit it. Yeah.
1: So, I guess my point would be there was a stretch. Again, four out of five hitters swung at the first pitch fastball. I was like, "Whoa." whoa. For all the talk that you're going to want to work counts over the years, right, you would never have back-to-back-to-back guys swing at the first pitch if the first two made outs. Now, one of them got a hit, so it didn't really matter. But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, 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 but I'm just saying, I mean, that's I'm like, okay, there it is. There's an indicator that if it's in your zone, fastball, you better swing it. You be, it, It's ingrained. It's ingrained. Softball team mentioned them, too. They're great. Again, 10-0, that sport has come an awful long way. I love watching it. I watch the... Uh, most of the games, or a good chunk of all of the games that Florida State played in over the weekend down at St. Pete Clearwater um, and even went back for parts I missed to see highlights because this team is is fun to watch and they remain undefeated. They beat five ranked teams. Knock out UCLA yesterday to win it in extra innings. An exciting game. This is a fun team.
0: Yeah, the top of the lineup did nothing last night against UCLA. You still come out with a victory. I thought the game was pretty much fair the way the result was because we've got a drop in center field.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it scores two. Yeah, that it hurts changes the scoreboard. Then there's an excuse me single uh that brings to home two for us you go to extras and they play basically the the mlb rule um in this tournament i i don't know if that international rule is for the entirety of the regular season we'll have to see but um they talked about it at length last night the international rule which is runner starts on second, second base you get out of it though
1: sander cock does a great <laughs> job of Cox getting out of does it a good job and bases were loaded
0: well and also taking your time that was as actually a really alert point last night is that when you get into a rhythm about quick-pitching somebody or just get your sign and go, you can be anticipated. Your timing can be anticipated, and so can sequencing. And she took her time. It was a little bit like Steve Traxel, human rain delay. Human rain delay, baby. parts last night, it was a little bit more MLB than I like, but it was because both are high-quality teams taking that game very, very seriously. And when it comes down to super-seeding uh, later in the year about national seeds, tiebreakers, sure. this I think St. Pete Clearwater is going to matter a lot for the Knowles in that regard.
1: Yeah, good to see us taking care of business and, uh, again, entertaining product always and talented group. will only get better. You mentioned their youth. They're only going to get better as this experience grows. Uh, this Kayla Enfield, man. This that is, a, y- is the name. It's a year-in, year-out thing now with softball where I, I treat them like I do um, soccer. I just assume, I mean, names might change in some, certain areas and we're going to plug and play different people and you'll have to kind of get familiarize yourself with them, but you can assume that the player that is replacing the other player is a really good player just because they just reload over and over and over and over again. It's like all those years for football you, where, in the 90s where it was kind of like, oh, you lose this guy, you lose that guy. Yeah, but you, yeah, we're bringing in, maybe better. You know, it's, it's constant. So we're not quite Oklahoma in the way that they recruit. Ugh. Ridiculous, but... Uh, We're a team that is going to be of significance, going to be ranked highly, is going to have high expectations, and is going to meet them by and large for the most. You know, this season, will be a top five, four. Well, if they
0: don't win, it's, it's, you know, that's their fault. I mean, they've really choked every year. Oh, you're
1: talking about OU? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, lately. Yeah. They're
0: they're recruiting like Geno did at UConn. It's dumb. But here we come. We've got a lot of skill. In, in a lot of places, enough mix of veteran and youthful skill. That lineup is way deeper this year. You saw yeah, the numbers. Mm-hmm. Last year we had to be a defensive club. We were hitting two eighty as a squad. Much, much better this year. A lot more power. There's variety in what we've got, and the arms are good, too.
1: You're going to watch Florida State at Boston College, 7 o'clock at the Silvio Conti Forum in Chestnut Hills, Massachusetts?
0: You know, I had no idea what Conti's first name was, but Silvio probably Silvio. would have been in my first five guesses.
1: Silvio Conti. At the Silvio Conti, Silvio, Silvio O. Conti, is what that is actually. By the way, did you know that? Not for nothing, T. But you know, it was kind of a tough week. Not for nothing. You might want to give him a break. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
2: Continues. J.Y. Tommy, Chuck, Todd, Lawrence, Ricky, and Will. Sticks. February 22nd, 2022. Donald L. Tucker Civic Center. Sticks. With one hit song after another. Tickets on sale now at TuckerCivicCenter.com. Don't miss Sticks Live. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
1: Have any special President's Day celebrations?
0: You're asking me? Yeah.
1: You got you guys really get oh, after man. it, at the President's Day. Have I have a big to-do.
0: I had to wedge in the show here today. The mm. schedule is just loaded.
1: Yeah. So mm. much this morning. I was like, guys, I'd love to stay and embrace President's Day, but I gotta get to work. I'll be back in a couple of hours. We can rekindle the celebration.
0: Well, I've got four stops to make before eight PM. And then who knows after that? Could get wild.
1: Well, that's that's you know, that's why you get an Uber.
0: Thankful tomorrow's a headline. Things day.
1: things get wild on President's Day. Get a little loose. Going to do some grilling. I'll grill everything. <laughs> <sighs> We're going to bring in. Uh, Where do we
0: have our fiftieth one? I'm like, what, what a day! What, Pres- what? Now we had
1: fifty. Uh, here we 50 go. Fifty presidents. Here we go. Unbelievable. Uh <laughs> it is uh There are variants of President's Day. Anyhow, it's not as big as when we do the return emails on Flag Day. That's right. Those are big days, buddy. Big day. Got to sit down and raise that flag. Lock it in. Full mast. Here we go. It's time to reply to some emails that are sitting in the coffers for the last uh, six years. Did you save some from years ago? I did. Good. I still I got back to a lot of them that were old. Some people uh, expressed shock.
0: What year are we in right now in your replies? Like 2015,
1: 2016? Yeah, 2016, <laughs> 2017. So yeah. Had some people that are like, well, I didn't expect to come into the office and get this email. Forgot what I was asking you. Something to do with the Red Sox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. Ira dot Warchant.com, joins us as he's wont to do on Mondays, even President's Day. And uh, he does uh, does right now. Hello, Ira. How's it going, Jeff? It's going well, brother. Doing really well. Uh, So I'm I'm really excited. We knew the softball team was awesome, and they are every year. I feel like uh, Lonnie's got it rolling the same way. Uh, that the soccer team does, so it's not surprising to watch them go down to St. Pete Clearwater, kick ass, beat a bunch of ranked teams, and remain undefeated, but I've been really pumped to see the arms on the baseball diamond, and they lived up to it uh, over the weekend. Uh, that team, and we'll see, they'll be playing better competition, I think they had a chance to be really, really good. What were your impressions?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I was more optimistic coming into this season than I have been the last couple of seasons, Yep, and uh, it was good to see them play that way, and, um, you know, it's it's you know, I really like, I mean, the, I think one of the coolest things is just to hear the way Meat and some of the players talk about, um, Terrell, the transfer from Miami and, and just kind of how he's impacted the, you know, the, the, the clubhouse. And I think that's really a big deal. It seemed like this team, and you know, part of it was COVID, a coaching change and all that. And then last year, um, you know, it just felt like this, it felt like there's been like kind of like a, a tension around that baseball program. Correct. And to, and, and to hear, um, kind of what he's brought to that locker room, just seeing the way the guys are acting and the way they're carrying themselves. Like you said, it's just James Madison. We'll see when they play better competition. But I think that is as encouraging as anything. It just it looks like it's a group that wants to play together and is going to play hard together. And it. You ha- I don't know if we've seen that much the last couple of years.
1: I remember, so I did my interview with him uh, as is customary before the start of the season this year. I promoted it, told everybody to go to Warchant.com to find it, go to Warchant TV to watch it. But he was very comfortable when we talked. He usually is. I've I've known him for 20-plus years. But he had talked a couple years ago about wanting, when he took over, to put his stamp on this team, if you will. And it had a lot to do with the edge he wanted them to play with, the passion, the tenacity, and aggressiveness. Uh, And he wanted them to be vocal. And he wanted them to play for each other and all that. And you're right. We didn't see it. It might have been because of... COVID, it might have been because there was tension and it took a while to name him as coach, and I think he certainly points out that that affected recruiting, so he wasn't always able to get his guys in here that he wanted, and nothing against those that that were here, but I think this feels like the first real year for him. I know it's not, but it feels like it's the first one because you can see uh, his personality all
3: over this team. You know, I mean, I think if you think about Mike Martin Jr. as a player, you know, and as an assistant coach, I mean, he's got that personality. He's a fiery guy, he's an emotional guy. And, uh, you know, you just, when you see the way that uh, Parker Messick and and Hubbard, the way they act on the mound, it feels like a Mike Martin Jr. coach team. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and and that there will be games where other teams uh, don't like him very much or don't like Florida State very much but I think he's comfortable with that. I think he wants that's what he wants to be. That's what he was as a player and assistant coach and I think that's what he wants to be. Not to be disrespectful to people or or to cause problems but you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, he's got an edge. He's always had an edge about him, and I think you see it in a lot of these players.
1: Well, so Messick strikes out eleven and five and two thirds, and then Hubbard comes out and is like, "Hold my beer!" and strikes out thirteen and five innings. And the, and my favorite part is both of them are screaming at guys after every strikeout, <laughs> telling them to sit down. And I'm thinking to myself, I would hate you if I played against <laughs> you. I would hate you. You're not imminently likable. I don't know either of those two young men personally, so this is not a judgment of their personality. The way they play is in your face, and it is very indicative of Mike Martin Jr. We are going to be hated in this conference, and I like it, and I think you are 100% right. He likes it too. He wants a bunch of red asses that are going to fight for all 27 outs and get after it, play a little edgy, tell you about it. But they have talent to back up those actions, I believe. those, And those guys know it.
3: I thought, you know, one other cool thing that was kind of interesting when we talked to him, uh, a couple weeks ago before the season, it, may, it might have been the start of preseason practice, and he was talking about, um, you know, having one or two free swingers in the lineup, and, and kind of liking that, and he mentioned Quincy Diaporte, and he's like, you know, I, I you know, obviously we all know Mike Martin Jr. has a very, uh, explicit way he likes to teach hitting, and, and, <laughs> yeah. it, and it is, and it is not a, to necessarily go up there and be a bunch of free swingers, but, I thought that it was cool that he mentioned he likes having one or two in the lineup. Um just to kind of give it give it some juice and I, and I think that's important as well and I think um you know and again I mean I think it, we'll see how it all plays out over time. Um but I, you know I just like you know I like you know the makeup of this team. It just seems like a team that's going to be if you're a Florida State fan it's going to be fun to root for. If you're on the other side of the field, yeah, you're not going to like fun them. to root against, yeah.
1: He said to me uh, on Friday that he was going to play a ton of guys and that there were even a couple of guys, of course, uh, that aren't available to them just yet that will work their way back into, uh, obviously, the the starting lineup and and get starts. And he wasn't wrong. I mean, if you think about... Uh, I think it was the second game. Florida State had sixteen, seventeen different guys get at bats. Uh, a lot of guys got abs yesterday, as well as in that first game, even though it was tight. So you're seeing you're seeing Florida State play a lot of guys. He believes in the versatility of the roster.
3: Yeah, and I'm curious. You know, I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow at Jacksonville, uh, just to kind of see what you know what the what the arms look like. You know, again, you're going to see how they handle these midweek games and who gets opportunities. And um, you know, I think again, you know, one of the things we we're, we're excited about to see what, um, you know, this coaching staff would do. And we just haven't, they just didn't have as many opportunities because they weren't a lot of games. I don't know. They just have they were, they were in so many like games that they had to claw their way out of the deficits. It seemed like last year It seemed like a lot of the midweek games even, uh, they were kind of found themselves in really challenging situations. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how he manages it in, in a normal, you know, year where I think Florida State's going to be the better team in, in a lot of the games they play, certainly these midweek games and, 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 and just kind of see how he uses that roster, how he uses that depth and develops it for the postseason um, because, you know, you're going to need it whether you realize it or not.
1: Depleted on short rest, Florida State, Boston College. Before we get to it, really good to see Jalen Worley show up. Um, and I don't mean that as a shot. He's a guy that's highly touted, looked a little bit over his head for much of the year, looked really comfortable in a place where it's hard to be comfortable. Uh, had a great game. I thought he was sort of the the highlight of the uh, of that game, and I thought they showed real heart. It was a bounce back. I know it's not moral victories around here, but given that you're missing so many guys, uh, I thought they played really hard, and I thought they played pretty damn well given the circumstances.
3: Yeah, and you know I watched uh, Mastruszewski's press conference after the game, and he talked uh, a lot about um, you know what what they what their approach was in that game. Once they realized Raekwon Evans wasn't going to play, they knew they Florida State didn't have Caleb Mills and. Uh, didn't have a bunch of guys in that perimeter, Anthony Polite and all these guys. So Duke's approach was to try to really turn Florida state over. They were going for a lot of steals. They were really aggressive on the perimeter, which they do anyway, but they kind of ramped it up. And But what Jalen Worley did, Matthew Cleveland, and some of those guys really responded is they didn't get turned over. And, in fact, they used Duke's aggressiveness against them and got to the, got to the uh, basket, uh, got either layups or, or kickouts, and uh, played really well. I thought the first half of that game, other than that last two or three minutes, yeah, I mean they're right there, and then they kind of give up that run right before halftime, which kind of I think sunk them a little bit. But then even the second half, when it looked like they might get blown out by twenty five or thirty, uh, they fought back again. So that was really good. Now you know, obviously tonight another quick turnaround after that game, they had to fly to Boston College. They played tonight to make up a game. Mm-hmm. With COVID, so that'll be tough. But um, yeah, you know, I mean again, compared to a week earlier at North Carolina, it was a huge difference, brother. I always appreciate it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be well. See ya.
1: All right, take care. Yeah, he's talking about that. Uh, was a 20 to, I think it was a 20 to 8 run, and we were down 72 to 52. And I was thinking, whoo.
0: Yeah, you combine this is about that with get ugly. the final under four of the first half. And you're thinking, ah, well, will they respond? They did. I mean, listen, Duke is also pulling off the gas, but. It looked different than it did against North Carolina, which is all you can ask for, especially as depleted as they were.
1: Just so you know, by the way, Boston College, I know we're tired. We'll see what we do tonight. That's not a good team. They're 4-11 and in the ACC. They are 9-16 and overall. So um, if you're going to have to have a quick turnaround uh, and make up a, a, a game, this kind of would be the team you'd want to play. I mean, they're...
0: However, looking at some of our losses this season and where <laughs> yeah. the opponent was in the ACC any... standings. Yeah yeah, 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 I don't assume
1: anything anymore, buddy. I, I really don't. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
2: The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. <laughs>
1: Devastated to hear it. Medina Spirit has been stripped of the victory in last year's Kentucky Derby. Tom,
0: well, I believe my uh, wager cleared on it, so I'm going to keep the money.
1: Uh, Mandaloon is now the winner. You need to give your money to the person who had. Uh, nope. Yep. I'm just telling you, it was a ruling by the state of uh, by race uh, state racing stewards uh, are the ones who came through with this ruling. Um, Medina Spirit is dead. By the way just so you know, tested positive after the race last May for steroid uh, use as well as uh, beta-methasone. Remember we had this d- discussion? You don't.
0: I knew Bob Baffert, yeah. Yeah,
1: that piece of crap, yeah. But uh, we talked about this, but, you know, makes me sad.
0: It's like he and Phil are probably running the Saudi League.
1: You wonder, like, once Medina Spirit died, were they like, okay, we can take it from him. We, we, <laughs> they, they don't know.
0: Right, yeah, like that. Like now it would make a difference. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so, by the way, that is just the second horse in the 146-year pompous history of horse racing uh, to be disqualified for a banned substance. I would have thought there'd be more. They're all cheating. It's a little bit like cycling. And Hans. How is it? <laughs> <laughs> Papa! Mama!
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Fraunhofer! Oh, that was always fun. That goes back old school. Uh, I, I don't know why I brought this up. It was we towards the back end of the show, and it's President's Day. Just thought it could be a little looser. Absolutely. We've thoroughly. What's docu- more
0: American than the Kentucky Derby uh, yeah, and uh, you know taking steroids and we've, such for horses? We
1: have thoroughly documented everything there is to document on the uh, on the weekend that was everything there was to talk about with softball, and baseball. It's and exciting. Of course basketball. Though. It is exciting. It's very exciting, and I um. You know, because they haven't been exciting. Baseball, let's just say it, Florida State baseball hasn't been exciting in a long time. They haven't, and I I missed it. I expressed this concern years ago. I'm like, man, in addition to the fact that the average age at Hauser has turned into somewhere in the neighborhood of 78 to 84 years old. And
0: frankly, you need to replenish some of those fans because it's been that way for a while. Yes,
1: yes. So in addition to that, our style of play hadn't really drawn me to the game. We felt... Stale. We just felt stale. That's a better way of saying it. Because we weren't always bad, by the way. I mean, the irony is that uh, during this stretch where we weren't consistently as good as our standard, we actually had some huge wins, and you and I were at perhaps the most exciting series road victory in the last 30 years for Florida State, winning that uh, Super Regional at LSU, which was insane. That was one of the the great moments. It
0: was stunning because we went up to Athens the week before and handled business there.
1: Beat that ass.
0: Yeah. But we had to go to Athens for a regional. That says it all about where we were that year.
1: We weren't a good team. We were a team that was a game above 500 through 30-plus games. It was bizarre. But they had enough talent and enough what-for and enough fight to to accomplish something that year. And so I I did give them credit for that after being critical of uh, how things had gotten stale here. But they're not stale now, man. Those guys can really play. And I... Don't want to get too far out over my skis here and praising them for a weekend series against a bad an average program. I it, it was less about what JMU was, less about the scores of the game, and more about the way they played and the electrifying stuff they have on the mound. I got a buddy, mutual friend of ours. Die hard all things FSU, but just doesn't like college baseball. He's just not a college baseball guy. And I was texting him over the weekends. he actually went to a game. And I said, eh? And he goes, listen. The, that's that's pro stuff out there on the Hill. I'm like, yes, I've been trying to tell you this entire offseason that there are minimum two, maybe four arms currently that project first three rounds for Florida State, even higher. Um, like It may just be four arms in the first two rounds. But, I mean, it's, it's they're that kind of good. Well, if you tuned in, if you went to the game or watched the game on Friday and you did it again on Saturday – before Sunday ever started, you had to have been really excited because that plays against anybody.
0: Yeah, it's the way they're wired. Like, I'm not ready to to call them a top five team in the country or anything. Just I again. am, Tom. I know you are. You <laughs> want to be first on that line. Huh? I got you. I'm saying I'm seeing things. It's the way they're wired. Everybody looks to be on board, go, moving in the same direction, and they can do something about mm-hmm. it, too. So it, it's starting to flip, and that's great. But then there's also the burden of expectation in Tallahassee. That's the next thing. Well, for the kids, not yeah, uh, yeah, he yeah. knows all about it. Yeah, yeah. He knows nothing else. But you got to see it. You got to see him follow through on it. We we were off to a great start. The odd thing is, in his era, which is brief, and the COVID season, we were going to be really good that year. I think. I think we were going to be good that season. We were off to a good start. Everything, Because yeah. we had that swagger. We didn't have it last year. This year, you got it again in in across the lineup. But we're off to a great start against our rivals. All right, keep doing that, because now you've got Miami and Florida's attention. So keep doing that this year. Win some of these big series along the way. Well, it's uh, And then play with the expectations. But we've been the chaser for a few years now in this program. We have
1: not been the chase. Well, and go back to what happened in the postseason a year ago where it was really bizarre to look at Florida completely collapsed and there was all the stuff off the field that we were reading and hearing about. It's, It's still crazy. And awful. And awful. So I don't really... Particularly, want to talk about it because it's just awful. It involves death and all kinds of terrible things. But the point is, we felt like a, a stepbrother brother to, to to Florida uh, recently, and it rightly it, so. It hurt, you know, and and especially given what our program has been. And so it was just devastating to think about that. And now I don't. I'm not worried about Florida. I'm not, no, I'm not worried about them. They feel like they've fallen off a cliff, like rapidly.
0: Let's just kick them further down.
1: Yeah, you know, right in the face. Lapel over down and, over and kick them some more. Over and over. But I'm not worried about them. I'm more worried about uh, some other schools in the SEC that we may end up being matched up with. I'm worried about the um, the money. I'm worried about the, 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 the lack of investment. Um, but I'm not worried about the quality of recruiting and the mentality and the coaching. I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried that we're, we're getting buried in some areas that are off the field that will eventually come back to haunt us. But right now, no, what he's been able to recruit and what he's got in the way of arms and attitude and everything, they're going to be good. They're going to be good this year. How good is what we're going to monitor as we go through the season? And look, it's baseball. You're going to have stretches where you play poorly. Like people, you know, they, they apply a football mentality a lot of times to to baseball, and you can't do that. Um, you're going to have games where you just, you know, Guy didn't have it on the mound that day or whatever, you lose baseball
0: game. But you guys ended on this in your interview, you and me did, where we want to make Hauser a place to be again on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me excited about this is already Joanne Graff Field has been, especially when you get to the end of the season and regionals and super regionals, it's electric over there. But it's it, now it's creeping into the regular season as season tickets are selling out, things like that, where you have an atmosphere that's being built. That is an organic program that's building right before our eyes it has already gotten to elite status but the whole like the crowd following it the city following it and that's all new that's great as it's being established baseball has been around but it's been dormant for the last few years but it seems like it's coming back waking so waking it up baby Just as well I, yes i think you might have some friends call you to say hey can we go to the baseball game yeah. if i come up this weekend or i come down from wherever that i live we're starting to get to that place again just as a person in this town, I want to have more things to do, exciting things to <laughs> well, do. And,
1: re- and reasons to do them. Right. Yeah, beyond, you could have gone last year, but... Uh, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: try to get the wife out of the house yeah. or, or whoever and say, hey, do you want to go to the ballpark? You're like, "Yeah, maybe. Maybe next week. You know what? Let's do that next week. And then next week never comes. Well, it's going to be a hot ticket again. Good. I'm glad for these programs. They need to make that money and get their status back so that we get better and better as an athletic department in these particular sports.
1: And we're going to have some fun picking some wagers in mere moments. We'll do it next on the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.
2: The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network.
1: Got to be familiar with the Lemonheads,
0: buddy. Usually, the shouting occurs in uh, different time slots here. Sorry about that.
1: I just want a bit part in your life. It's
0: a good song. Uh, it's only a minute fifty. That's why I thought there's no way there can't be anything but the instrumental to get to the point. <laughs> wrong,
1: wrong. He was about to say, "No need for a cameo," and then you cut it off, buddy. It's all right. We could have just listened to that. Whole Are you
0: going to do ever sign up and uh, do a cameo service for people?
1: I I can a couple of bucks to wish people a happy (laughs) happy birthday birthday. and happy labations Friday. I can. Uh, I don't know that anybody would do it, and I don't. I don't know how to do it. What do you? um, I mean, I know how to say hello and happy birthday to people. I've done that before. I've had those requests come in via email.
0: There's this random guy that we use in my golf league that costs a dollar. And, uh, he, you know, every, anytime somebody wins a tournament and he just has a cigar and he tells you, hey, congratulations, you yeah. he won the tournament. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good. Uh, time for our friends at North Florida Payroll Services to be acknowledged. Dolphin to the cap. Locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to northfordapayroll.com. Hey, Big Daddy. Having some red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds.
2: Into an open wing. It's picked up by Doughty.
1: An empty scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big
2: Daddy.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't really know Do today. They... I don't have a ton. I don't. I kind of want to. I want to I wanna money line or puck line some teams tonight. I want to puck line the Avalanche at plus 145 against the Bruins. It's too late.
0: They got a President's Day 105 puck drop. They're in the. Uh, yeah. Who won?
1: Would I have won uh, the bet? No?
0: No, it says Matthew. glad I, I,
1: I didn't do it. Maybe I want to Hurricanes puck line the Flyers. Too late? That,
0: that starts in five minutes. You I could. Can do it. you jump it.
1: Do you want to do that?
0: Uh, if a, you puck line, if you're gonna puck line anybody today, it's gonna be Carolina. Then, then for folks out there, that's minus one and a half. It's for the empty net. That's the uh, that's why the puck line is always one and a half. Mm. Protects against the empty netter.
1: Well, yeah, that's tough. Okay, all right.
0: That's why it's a tough bet. But Philly's bad. Carolina's really good, so I could see why he would yeah. play that. Uh, Winnipeg and Calgary is a good game. That's coming up in about an hour. I'm not saying it's a good game for you to tune into.
1: Flames puck line, baby. No. <laughs> I'm going to Flames puck line against the Jets.
0: You could. Winnipeg's no good. I know. Calgary's giving up a league low 113 goals this year. Trust that's me, that's really good. That's the
1: kind of good. info you get right here, baby.
0: Uh, but that's why I like the under. It's not at 5.5. It's at 6 right now. I feel like that's a half goal too high. Take your push and move on. Lose the juice if you do so. But I think it's going to go under. Nice little 3-1, 4-1 little final score there. So, Under Winnipeg and Calgary.
1: I'm going to go find a parlay. I'm going to be like, look here, man. I'm taking Middle Tennessee and Loyola Chicago on the money line parlay, everybody.
0: Excuse me, friendly bookie.
1: Do you have any (laughs) President's Day parlays? Do you have some parlays laying around? I like that Middle Tennessee plus Loyola Chicago parlay. Plus, no, it's not plus money. It's it's minus one. I just did it. It's minus one twenty, I don't know I did i it's President's Day. I didn't have my gambling hat on when I came to work today. There was nothing really that i I wanted to. I bet all my money over the weekend on uh, on the golf and did well all of your money well, no I didn't oh know. my god, but i did I did well on the golf. I loved it. Good to see Joaquin Neiman get his second win on tour at the tender age of twenty three Got a gazillion top tens. He's a good player, man. I actually saw him when he was just a, a whippersnapper at the Masters uh, because he won the Latin whatever. And uh, he got a chance. I can't remember the name of the tournament. I'm not being disrespectful. Uh, but amateur, that's what he won. Uh, and so he got a, I got to see him. And he's, he's good.
0: It was interesting, behind the scenes, a conversation that probably most people wouldn't care about at all, but we were talking about the way that you strike through the ball and how Neiman is similar oh. to Sergio Garcia. Uh, yeah. Well, wouldn't you know it, later in the day, Sergio yeah, is his mentor.
1: With his uh, dyed hair. What's going on there, Serge? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're yeah. going to have to stop that nonsense now. <laughs> Out here looking like an idiot. Don't do that. Don't. Do that. Somebody's got to pull him aside. It's obvious. You're not fooling anybody. It's
0: Andalusian Brown. How could they see
1: it? That bothered me. I was like, ooh, ooh, what are we doing? No, don't do that, Serge. Come on now.
0: Serge, just play the under in Winnipeg, Calgary. Get some money and find (laughs) Levitar to Tom Brady's people.
1: That's good. Good work out of you, sir. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, be well, everybody. Enjoy your President's Day. Do so safely. We'll talk to you tomorrow.